0: example on the price of delivering a baby. You live in
1: Sacramento. You can expect to pay twice as much to deliver that baby here than in your hometown of New York City.
0: I actually heard that it costs more to deliver a baby here in Sacramento than anywhere else in the entire country.
1: Why Sacramento should be the most expensive place to have a baby, Uh, there's no way to explain it.
0: Caring for a premature baby in Northern California, for example, costs about $605,000. In Southern California, 343000 In all, he says, the average cost of inpatient care in Northern California is 70% higher than in Southern California.
2: Wow, we happened to broadcast from now, California, look, but that was a national what? national story on 60 Minutes last night, just pointing out what hospitals can do if they get motivated for profit enough.
1: If northern Vermont and southern California had a uh, discrepancy that large, I would find that really interesting, really notable. The fact that it's you know a, a little a car ride up and down I-5 is stunning to me. So it, we, you know, and and uh, well, go ahead, go ahead.
2: You, you've got to hope that this is not coming to wherever you are, as hospitals figure out how to uh, make more money off of uh, well, be in hospitals, make it a for-profit business. Here's a USC healthcare economist explaining how the whole thing works and how you can make it happen uh, anywhere in the country. Really, they really pioneered this model of reducing competition to raise prices. They were the first one to do it and the prices continually grew faster and faster than other comparable hospitals.
0: Glenn Melnick is a healthcare economist at the University of Southern California who consulted on the lawsuit and was one of the first researchers to document Sutter's strategy of making itself indispensable. He found, for instance, that in 11 counties of Northern California... They're either the only one hospital or one of two hospitals. And some of these counties are 1,000 square miles. And there's one or
2: two hospitals in right. a 1,000 square miles? That's right. So they have monopoly power in a number of these counties, right? And the prices went up. The next year they went up even faster, and they figured out, wow, this really works.
1: So I was about to jump in and quibble with you just because, you know, hospitals are absolutely allowed to make a, a profit. But oh, of course. As we've discussed with Craig, yeah, the healthcare not, yeah. guru, who, yeah, and I know you know this, but, uh, and, and reading in Stephen Brill's brilliant, if somewhat, uh, thick and impenetrable book, Bitter Pill, about <laughs> America's, uh, healthcare system and its flaws. The problem is that the government is involved exactly where it should be and not involved. Whoop. Well, it's involved where it shouldn't be and not involved where it should be. And it's these hospital groups building local monopolies and and uh, i mean the distortion the price distortions well you just heard it and i don't know if you've looked at real estate in southern california or gasoline or anything else it's really expensive but norcal has what they say 70% higher prices almost double for hospital care that's, that's obscene why
2: did 60 minutes focus on that as a warning for the rest of the country that
1: probably cuz it's the most egregious example uh, again, it's one state. You can zoom up and down superhighways and get to and fro. But, you know, if you're a NorCal, it would never occur to you to go to Santa Monica for, you know, a knee replacement or, or to have your premature baby cared for. God, that's just terrible. And, and the hospital companies, the health companies, some of whom have taken very good uh, care of me lately, and I appreciate it. Some of them uh, advertise on various radio stations that we might be a part of. But having said that, um, they have exploited their political heft uh, to a point that absolutely is to the detriment of, of healthcare care consumers, which is freaking everybody.
2: So I paid twice as much for both of my kids to be born than I would anywhere else in the country. Yep. Interesting. All right.
1: It's a screwing. It's, it's a screwing. I know one when I see one.
2: You know, for some reason, I've had this in my head. We watched, uh, speaking of my kids, we watched an episode. We watched an episode of The Simpsons yesterday, mm. and an episode of The Andy Griffith Show, which they had never oh, seen before. Oh! And I got to admit, I was like crossing my fingers in my mind, thinking, "Please like this. Please like this." Cause yeah. One, I like it. Two, it's always got positive messages, wholesome, wholesome. Yeah. Wholesome. yeah. And uh, you know, well, that's the main thing is I'd like them to watch a wholesome show, and it's another show to watch. And they liked it. They both really liked it. They were disappointed when we had to turn it off because it was Marty dinner time. Barney Fife is still a crowd pleaser. I'll tell you what. He and Andy together, one of the great comedy teams in the history of television. Under
1: Underappreciated.
2: Oh, my yeah. God. The yep. street man, funny man thing that they do is just hilarious.
1: Right, right. Um, Can I put my bullet in? <laughs> the, the, the quietly wise guy and the fool, that whole thing. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad they liked that. it's anyway, nice. That speaks to... Uh, something I don't know eternal or enduring
2: Simpsons not as wholesome but I am happy that they do find it funny <laughs> haven't but watched The Family Guy it was in <laughs> South Park it was the episode where Homer ends up being the the county trash commissioner or whatever oh yeah he he runs Steve <sighs> Martin uh, who is the voice of the the current county trash guy uh, out, of, out of town. Right, right. He, yes. Is it a special election
1: or there's some oh, yeah. scandal? Yeah.
2: I thought, man, I wish I'd have seen that before the election because there are all kinds of great clips in there about uh, populism and you know appealing to the stupidest people out there and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, that was really interesting. But the line from that I thought was so funny that just stands alone is, he comes in. He comes in the house. And he says, "Good news, everybody! I just got in a fight with the trash guys, and now our service is canceled." <laughs>
1: <laughs> Taking a stand.
2: <laughs> he yeah. gets beat up by the trash, man.
1: <sighs>
2: but politics is dumb, even in Springfield.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. But uh, some
2: things <clears throat> hold up so well. I've tried to watch older stuff with my kids sometimes, and they just they just can't.
1: Movies, it's, it's we've so pace. the pace is so much yeah. slower, which is healthy. Oh, and it's probably oh, a better thing. Oh, absolutely it is. Right.
2: But I know for myself, because my brain is speeded up from uh, texts and this and that and short articles that it's it's harder for me to take in to do long form reading. I know that's true for me. So,
1: yeah, yeah, I, I was watching this movie the other day. It was allegedly it was on an airplane, really the only time I watch movies lately, but um. And it was allegedly really brilliant in artsy. And they would linger on the lobsterman looking out at the sea and linger and linger and linger. <laughs> yeah, I get it. And I want to shout at the screen, stop lingering. I get it. He's he's wistful. <laughs> or, or remembering his youth or something. What happens next? Oh man, I gotta to go to a deprogramming
2: center or something. I declare Friday night's episode of The Mandalorian the best one so far. Very strong. I thought that was the best one so far. Very strong.
1: I tell you what, as a dad, the way he's bonded with Baby Yoda, and I know how stupid that sounds if you're not into the show. That does sound I pretty stupid. I know you're it's a child. I know it's a doll. I know it's like half a lizard and half a oh, koala or something boy. with magical it's, powers. It's you having a good time, things. Joe? Half and I, a lizard, half a koala. And I, I know it's idiotic. But as a dad, seeing this guy develop, you know, just love for a child, it's nice it it's it's especially nice given the decades long assault on fatherhood in this stupid screwed up country bill burr's got a short fuse on him in the star wars world i'll tell you that oh he's good <laughs> bill comedian bill burr as a uh, is a semi well a feature role in some yeah. episodes but and and this is a stupid screwed up country this is a wonderful incredible country in so many ways but you know we we've all known wonderful people who've done stupid stupid things and the idea that fathers aren't an integral part of families is is terrible
2: so, people across the country are getting the vaccine shot into their arm, and if you do, we'd like to hear from you. What was the experience like? Did you wait in line, or did you feel anything, or does it burn like crazy? Or- are you still sighted? Are you still sighted? <laughs> um, our- I haven't heard people are being blinded. <laughs> our-
1: you two are fear
0: minders.
2: Our text line is four one five two nine five 295 kftc
1: What was that child's piano recital? So,
0: Sandra. You didn't. You didn't flinch. I take it that Doctor Chester has a good touch. She had a good touch, and it didn't feel any different from taking any other vaccine.
2: Well handled, Governor Cuomo. What a
1: DB. Nice uh, ad lib. Sorry, we yeah, on the air.
2: <laughs> that was the first uh, vaccine they think going in in America was there in New York, and the governor had nothing to say. And then the nurse really saved it by saying it didn't feel any different than any other injection, which was a good thing to say. Um,
1: I didn't just know. one of the 98% of the population smarter than governor Cuomo <laughs>
2: <laughs> speaking of percentages. I didn't know this. So after the first shot, you got 82% immunity from COVID. Yes. It drops down to 52% between what? the first and second shot. Cause remember what? you got to wait three weeks. What? What? So it wears off a little. It goes from 82% down to 50%. Of course, 50% is still better than what you got now. Sure. But then it goes back up to 95% when you get that second injection and then stay there. They don't know how long it stays
1: there. That's why they're saying, yeah, you get shot number one, but you still have to do the social distancing and the mask and everything for uh, at least a month. But it's just a month, right? Between but, shots? Uh, Yeah, three weeks or... Three weeks, or, yeah. Okay, but, hey, but, hey, that's but, fine. But, I've been doing it this long.
2: But why are so many people not going to be able to get the injection yet? Well, Dr. Scott Gottlieb explained that yesterday on Face the Nation.
3: Well, the current guidance by CDC to the two pharmacies that are going to be going into the nursing homes, Walgreens and CVS, is that they can't begin until 12-21 um giving those vaccinations. They're going to spend this week getting the consents in place. Now, it's possible that they try to get into some nursing homes this week. But the bulk of those vaccinations right now, according to the CDC guidance to the states and the pharmacies, is they can't begin until 1221. They'll work through getting the consents in place from the individual patients and their family members this week. Those weren't put in place in advance. Once they start, they're going to start with the skilled nursing facilities first, but it's going to take them three weeks to work through all the pharmacies. They'll get the sniffs done, the skilled nursing facilities, which are the highest security, probably in the first week, but it'll take three weeks total to get through those those nursing homes. There's about 45,000 in the country, so this is a big undertaking.
1: What? 45? Three weeks. I've watched Better Call Saul. He got all those old people signed up for a class action lawsuit in like a night, a bingo. (laughs) It was like half an episode. Yeah.
2: Forty five thousand old folks homes or extended care homes. Mm. Wow, and you got to get the consent forms all filled out, and it's a very expensive, slow thing to do.
1: Apparently, I suppose there are folks who do not have their own uh, ability to consent. Whether they're they're not, uh, they have a power of attorney given to somebody else. I guess uh, so. That'd be a little cumbersome, but. You'd think they could go in there, sign here, sign here, date
2: it, zap. You would think so? Yeah. Show hands, anybody against this? Let's go with that. If there's anybody who doesn't want it, okay, good.
1: Right, line up. But we're a litigious society. Yeah, Yeah, that's troubling, especially the oldsters who are vulnerable to the vid, the Chinese bat fever. Uh, But, you know, and I hate to turn this about politics, because we're all politicked out, at least most of us are the biden administration that has been saying such idiotic things the incoming uh, administration during the transition about uh they don't have a plan to get it from the factory into people's arms if they if they do I haven't seen it that yeah, was the, the most
2: maddening thing that has happened out of this whole thing yeah. i don't mind i don't mind cable news people talk radio hosts opinion journalists I don't even mind people in his administration that aren't him. Right. But Joe Biden himself saying, I haven't seen any plan of how they're getting it from the box to into somebody's arm was just a stupid freaking thing to say.
1: Yeah, it was. It has to be a little uh, frustrating that they are going, this program is going to be well underway on Inauguration Day and its success, its genius, its energy will be on display for the nation, actually for the world to see. Well, and come on, uh, President-elect
2: Biden, this four-star general, they put in charge of this thing. The logistics are his specialty. He didn't think about the whole, oh, God, get him from the box into their arm. Hadn't even considered
1: that. Right. What a oh, moronic yeah. thing for Biden to say. Yeah, it was. It was. Oh, do you hear about the new Hunter Biden email that's out? I don't know this. It's the mundane. Any detective can tell you this, Jack, or somebody who's read a novel or two. It's often the mundane details that bust people. Sometimes it's accountants. I remember the CIA was recruiting on campus back when I was a college boy. Uh, Gladys, it was the 80s, Jack. Mullets were popular. <laughs> skinny ties if you can imagine that day glow colors wake me up before you go go <laughs> and the CIA was recruiting on on campus and I thought wait a minute I'm uh, I'm pre-law I'm studying international relations and the rest of it I wonder and uh, I, I went and I got a little information they wanted accountants period accounting majors that's it that's how you get that's how criminal enterprises and And uh, terrorist networks are brought down. Anyway, having said that... um,
2: Sure, watch Ozark. If we keep referencing shows. Oh, yeah. It's all about the the accounting.
1: Right, and the occasional beheading. But anyway... (laughs) um, (laughs) Occasional. Eye-gouging. Well, and... and, Oh, (laughs) there's an eye-gouge now and again. Barbaric! Let's not get hung up on it. Um, But... uh, Oh, that's right. So, the new email. Hunter is requesting keys to the office that he is sharing with the Chinese energy company and the joint financial venture with the Chinese company. And he said, I need keys for the office mates, including myself, uh, the Chinese mogul who's since been jailed, uh, James Biden, Joe Biden, and I think it's one other person. Just laying it out there. We're all office mates in this. We're all going to need keys. Now, is that proof of something? No, no. But it is absolutely a, a nice little stone in the wall of evidence. So that story is far from over.
2: Mm. And we'll be moving forward with uh, Joe Biden's Justice Department.
1: Mm, it might. Uh, Bill Barr is working on ways to make it more bulletproof than that, that it doesn't depend on the whim of old Joe. Um, but nothing would shock me. If Joe were to get inaugurated and say, you know that investigation into my son, Hunter, he's guilty, but I've ended it. (laughs) I mean, it could happen. That's when I take to the streets. All right. No, I won't. I'll take to the airwaves, though, by golly, and we'll tell you about it. Oh, you know what? Speaking of taking to the airwaves and being right, sometimes being wrong, I need to apologize. I have spoken in... It would take all day for me to apologize to you, so (laughs) bite down! I need to apologize. I have spoken in dismissive terms of something that sounds conspiracy theory ish. Okay. I I stand corrected. All right. Have you
3: considered being good at your jobs?
1: (sighs) Please. Um, And and, and I'll share that with you in a couple of minutes. Also, uh, an update on bums and junkies and the incredibly wasteful. Programs that are being tried to house Ooh. the, the quote-unquote homeless, right, some right. of which need our help, and I am more than happy to help them. Some of them just like being bums and junkies, and I don't want them to have a dime from me.
2: Hey, if you get jabbed with the vaccine, give us a text, four one five two nine five kftc
0: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty
2: Show. Just saw the headline, man hops fence at Las Vegas airport, runs on tarmac, and jumps on the wing of a plane. What? I've had had weekends like that in Vegas. (laughs) It's important to have goals in life. (laughs) i got to get out of here now,
1: I've thought. (laughs) As a guy who is in the grunting to get out of my car stage of life. I couldn't do any of those things. I couldn't climb the fence. I couldn't run across the tarmac. I sure as hell couldn't jump on the wing of the plane unless it was lying on its belly tipped.
2: Somebody who's a bigger fan of The Simpsons even than me remembered a line from that episode I mentioned where Homer runs for office, and he's up on stage in front of the crowd as the populist, and he says, cats are crapping in our homes, and we're cleaning it up. That's not America. That's not even Mexico. (laughs) Oh,
1: my. Oh, God. Wow.
2: Um, also, we brought you the story last week of um, Pornhub, which is, is the it is, is it the biggest porn website in, in the world? If or? it's
1: not, it might as well be.
2: I think it was portrayed as that in the New York Times, but I don't know. Anyway.
1: Porn uh, addicts tell me it's enormous. They're among the biggest multi,
2: multi, multi-billion dollar business. Well, turns out they had all kinds of awful videos on there.
1: Unspeakable. Uh,
2: Child stuff, rape stuff, terrible stuff. Turns out they've taken down half of their videos.
1: Half of their videos have been deleted
2: from the website.
1: Yeah, they purged all unverified content from the platform. So everything that's user uploaded, they just removed. They are a platform. They're like Facebook, Mm -hmm. honestly, in that you can post to them and they get a share of advertising, et cetera, et cetera. But, yeah, from the reading I've done, they have... What Sean was describing, user posted stuff, and then you know various corporate porn outfits that are not going to traffic in the horrific stuff because they'd be brought down. Um, wow.
2: If you missed the story last week, Visa and Mastercard, which accounts for like nine out of ten people with a credit card in America, said we're not going to let you spend money on that website anymore. Mm. I mean, that's a like I said, multi multi billion dollar
1: operation. Got their attention.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and and to hearken back, you remember old Pete Townsend of the Who, legendary musician. Uh, briefly got busted for child porn, but then it turned out he was at the forefront of the you have to attack this through the credit cards movement. And he was completely exonerated by the British authorities. But yeah, that was the way he was trying to attack it um, in Great Britain. So it's good it's good to see. It's horrifying that it went on till last oh week. Oh my God I mean, I read the stuff in the New York Times and I I have been around the globe and, and around the block, and the stuff I read sickened me. yeah
2: Ugh. pretty horrifying.
1: yeah, but that uh, there's that
2: much of a market for it is so horrifying.
1: Those of you who spent time and energy getting that going, having the credit companies uh, credit card companies crack down like that, god bless you for your work you you are a hero good for you that's terrific you know one of these days i gotta i gotta find a cause like that i mean obviously we have our causes here and we advocate for them as you know skillfully as we can and sometimes i think we do some good but um those people did god's work on earth they really did now there's much more to be done but estimating around six million videos were were removed now, not all of them were sickening stuff, no, but they were unverified and unverifiable. So, and and they pointed out in the New York Times article, it's it's fairly difficult to tell who's a 15 year old and who's an 18 year old, especially if the 18 year old is intentionally looking young, young, or the 15 year, et cetera, et cetera. But it's mm-hmm. sickening, sickening. Michael, we need transition music, and then the auga horn, please. <laughs> Some shows set this stuff up in advance. That's cheating. (laughs) It is cheating. You get extra points for doing it on the fly. Sing along if you know the words. (laughs) If you don't know the words, you just learn them. Actually, it'd be funny to do a karaoke of this song. All
0: right,
1: Michael, you got the uh, uh, ugo horn for me? A climate emergency. Battle stations. Battle stations. The head of the UN. All right, that's enough. You're giving me a headache. (laughs) The UN Secretary General has called on all countries to declare a climate climate emergency or face catastrophic results. Dozens of world leaders spoke at the virtual Climate Ambition Summit on Saturday. I was invited. Uh, from the nation's nations, uh, smallest nations, worst hit by climate change, to the world's biggest polluters, et cetera, et cetera, and everybody made vows. Huh. Can't um, figure
2: out why I can't get worked up about this. Uh,
1: I, I just trusted in it. Uh, early on, I became so disappointed and deluded, not deluded, uh, di- well, anyway. Uh, Maybe it's just simply because I'm cold a lot. I was hit. <laughs> now, that is fascinating. I was I was struck by how much misinformation there was flying around by passionate, wild-eyed advocates from the beginning of the discussion. Um, I also was that generation of little kids that saw Time Magazine show up on the doorstep in 1977 or 78 uh, that said, Global Ice Age will soon encompass the Earth. And we were all terrified. <laughs> we thought it would never going to be warm again. Uh, anyway... Uh, U.N. Uh, Secretary General Antonio Guterres, I should have made up a name to see if you'd catch me. I wouldn't have. Probably not. Not, not since it was Boutros Boutros Gali. who had an easy name to remember. But anyway, the guy's name was Antonio Guterres, apparently. Now, he warned leaders that the world was heading for a catastrophic uh, something or other of warming as he urged them to declare a state of climate emergency in their countries until they became carbon neutral. A bojo of all people who co-hosted the event said, and I quote, I'm sure this clip is available somewhere, but we're not doing this because we are hair shirt wearing tree hugging mung bean munching eco freaks. Although I've got nothing against any of those categories. Mung beans are probably delicious. We're doing it because we know that scientific advances will allow us collectively as humanity to save our planet and create millions of high skilled jobs as we recover from COVID. I'm not saying this is fake. All I'm saying is anytime you hear, blah, 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 emergency or blah, 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 crisis, immediately throw up your, okay, what are they asking for? Screen. You Got your COVID crisis, you got your climate emergency, the 08 uh, crash. Economic catastrophe, you need to grant us special powers. It's always something. So I imagine with the old man Biden coming into office, uh, we'll be hearing about shovel ready jobs again and mm. Solyndra and the rest of it, which brings us at some point to, and I could do this next if you wanted, another one of those green subsidy Obama era giant projects. I saw that has just gone teats up. Taxpayers are out $510 million. Ah, don't worry about it. It's all the taxes you've paid in your entire life forever. Well, uh, gone. Gonzo. Thanks for taking my money, asshole. Down a corporate sinkhole. But they were well-connected, and they, it was an emergency. And they said, well, it's green. Yeah, it's green. And so that's how they get you some of those details to come. We talked earlier about, oh, I didn't do my apology. Oh, no, you have not. This is on good authority. In fact, Laura Logan was tweeting about it. Friend of the Armstrong and Getty show, though we haven't heard from her lately. Laura Logan. (laughs) Friend, maybe when she lost her 60 Minutes gig and needed a little help, and now she forgets her names. Laura Logan. Wow. Never forget. Anyway, um, Bill Gates, in a TED Talk that was published, widely distributed, talking about vaccinations and how important they are around the world, and particularly during pandemics, you'll need to know who's vaccinated and who's not. He talked about, and I quote, this is from uh, MIT, to create an on-patient decentralized medical record. The researchers developed a new type of copper-based quantum dots, which emit light in the near-infrared spectrum. The dots are only about four nanometers in diameter, Et cetera, et cetera. Details about the construction, et cetera. Um, It is essentially a tiny microscopic chip under your skin to show that you've been vaccinated. So Bill Gates has talked about microchipping everybody on Earth uh, for their vaccination status.
2: And the chip would only do what?
1: Uh, bring you to your knees in pain if you disobey uh, disobeyed the one world government. Well, I under- make suggestions for your behavior.
2: I under- <laughs> I understand the concern is that right. if they're putting a chip in you, you don't necessarily know what it's all about. It, but it he would, claims it only would do.
1: It would purely be a medical record that showed you were vaccinated against SARS or COVID or Ebola or whatever. I
2: would sign up for that if 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 I could like oh, never, my God, It's the mark of the beast. If I could never or need not. an ID or a password. For anything, and all my medical information is in a chip. I'd chip me now,
1: and the government would occasionally bring you crying to your knees through administering the pain rays. You'd be fine with that, wouldn't you? Wouldn't <laughs> you? You'd have made a fine Nazi. Wow. So some people think, wow, that's a great uh, technology. What a wonderful idea. And others think, oh my god, the, the government is going to chip us with the help of Bill Gates. Uh, some of you, I think, are prone to fever dreams of paranoia. But uh, I stand corrected. I hadn't realized he had indeed proposed that sort of thing. There you go. You mean I don't have to fill out all
2: those forms? Oh, no, you still have to do that. When I get to the doctor's office that I know you have this information because I filled it out three days ago. And you prescribe the effing medicine that I'm writing on this list. You know better than I do. You're the one that prescribed it. You know how to spell it, and when I started, and when I quit, and how much I take? Right. You're the one who
1: told me. <laughs> and three times in a row, are you still taking this? No, I took that for a week, like in 1994.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, no kidding. How do you get something off the list if you ever took it? Right.
1: Anyway, uh, yeah, that actually was proposed. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And we're, we're uh, manly enough, or honest enough, or womanly enough uh, to, to admit when, uh, yeah, we, we were wrong. I was wrong.
2: Do you want to take a look at the latest polling? On how many people believe the election was stolen, broken down by everyone, Democrats, Republicans, independents, and Trump
1: voters specifically? I really don't. Okay. Then we will not. (laughs) I find it interesting. We are doing business in a time where a lot of people, including folks who are very uh, big fans of the show, are so impassioned. It's easy to anger your customers. Mm -hmm. And I don't particularly want to anger our customers. Um, I will tell you that the I believe the truth is not way out where a lot of people think it is.
2: Does everybody who answers a certain way actually believe that, or is it a gesture of some sort?
1: That is such a great question and a great angle to this stuff. It's a little poli-sci poly 400 level, but uh, yeah, it's performative, as you said. I'm not telling the pollster this because I believe it. I'm telling them because I want to make it clear I'm in this camp. Right. It makes it tough to figure out where America is. Yeah, I'd say.
2: Our text line is 415-295-KFTC.
0: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: Going into arms today it finally has begun the last mile problem this is quite the logistical miracle
3: well the last mile problem is really the complexity here people talk about the cold chain but the logistics in this country are very good pfizer which i'm on the board of is shipping in a box that can keep these vaccines properly stored for up to 10 days and can be refilled with with dry ice and kept even longer, you can keep it up to 30 days by refilling with dry ice. The issue is the last mile, um, dealing with trying to get into the community to get these vaccines distributed. And initially they're going to be distributing to hospitals for health workers and nursing homes. So that's a little bit of an easier challenge. You know where those institutions are, you can get to those individuals. Once they go into the community and start trying to vaccinate, for example, elderly individuals who might not be able to leave their home, they're going to have a challenge getting into those parts mm-hmm. of the country, especially in, in disadvantaged communities. If you You look at what's happening with the antibody drugs right now. Some states aren't distributing those very evenly. I'm told some states really aren't making use of them. They haven't distributed their available supply because they've had challenges getting those systems up and running. I think that's a a concerning harbinger for the challenges they're going to face with the vaccine in that last mile challenge.
2: Huh? I hadn't even thought about that. But obviously that's uh, that's true.
1: Yeah, for some reason I expected that the infrastructure was there to do that more effectively, but
2: well, lots of people are texting because earlier that's Dr. Scott Gottlieb who used to run the FDA, and he's he's pretty good. I like his uh, his stuff, but he seems sane
1: at least. Yeah, yeah. he
2: was he was telling us Reasonable. earlier about how one thing that's going to slow things down is getting the consent forms signed by all the oldsters in these uh, long-term facilities. And it's going to take till the 21st to get the forms signed. A whole bunch of people have texted, why didn't they get the consent forms signed already? Why couldn't they send the consent forms out before, long before the vaccine was
1: wow. out? Wow, they manufactured the thing before it was tested fully. And it didn't occur to anybody to have the forms signed. Yeah, okay.
2: What sort of ridiculous layer of legal mumbo-jumbo stop that from happening?
1: I'll bet there is a layer. Yeah, I'll bet it, there is too. It didn't have final approval, blah, blah, blah. Can't
2: consent it. to a thing that we don't yet know what it is yet. Right, we yeah, don't know exactly. precisely right.
1: what it is, yeah, yeah. Uh, as usual, it is America's, uh, you know, drowning in litigation that is screwing the people.
2: We are the best country on yeah. earth in all kinds of different ways. We are not in that way. We oh, no. we 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 are we that slows us down that damages us in so many ways. We're we got a thing we're doing at work that that, that speaks to that. It's a waste of time. But there's there's so much liability and so easy to sue people that is a drag on the United States. We're yeah. terrible at that.
1: Yeah, and every meaningful effort at tort reform gets crushed by the lawyers' associations. It's uh, it's something. Yeah. Another green subsidy bust. Move over, Cylindra. Another green boondoggle from the Obama era has failed. Shovel-ready jobs. Yeah, green jobs. We were just hearing the, uh, the head of the U.N. is telling us, oh, yeah, yeah, we got a uh, global climate crisis. Uh, we got to totally change everything, and there will be a lot of green jobs.
2: Remember when Barack Obama jokingly said, well, they weren't quite as shovel-ready as I had been led to believe? Yeah. <laughs> uh, to the tune of billions <laughs> of dollars they got signed off on.
1: Yeah, was so funny. Late last week, Judge Karen Owens approved a Chapter 11 reorganization of Tonopah Solar Energy. They operated the Crescent Dunes Solar Plant in Nevada that received $737 million in guaranteed loans from the Obama administration. Meaning they borrowed it, but if they defaulted, the taxpayers would pay. The plan included a settlement with the Department of Energy that leaves taxpayers liable for as much as $235 million in outstanding debt. But the total cost to you is even higher. Crescent Dunes also received an investment tax credit, and the 2009 stimulus legislation allowed it to receive a cash payment in lieu of credit. So it's a tax credit, but it's a check. In 2017, the plant received more than $275 million from the Treasury under the Section 1603 program, which was the Obama-era program, but in 2017, admittedly, it was under Trump. So taxpayers already gave Crescent Dunes cash to pay off its taxpayer-backed uh, loans. So we paid for everything they did. But then it turned out, and listen, I'm not a physicist. I didn't know this. The sun doesn't deliver power when it's cloudy or dark. And Crescent Dunes promised to solve this problem by using molten salt to retain the heat from the sun and produce steam. So it would generate power 24-7. Um, and they but they couldn't get financing so uncle sam uh, rushed in turns out long story short because we're running out of time it hasn't produced as much energy in his lifetime as it said it would produce every year and the hot tank hot, hot salt tank suffered what they called the a catastrophic failure that's left the plant inoperable inoperable in in other words it's gone completely under hundreds of millions of dollars of taxpayer money Declare an emergency. Declare a solution. Route zillions of taxpayer dollars toward that solution. Laugh at anybody who's skeptical. Or, or call them a climate denier. And make sure it's your cronies, if it's not even like your brother, who gets the gigantic contract. Diane Feinstein could tell you all about that. She and her old man are super good at that.
2: Hey, we got this text. Is it true they're using murder hornets to inject the vaccine? I don't think that's
1: true. Send a link. Cite your source, sir. It would be a... only in Indiana, Ohio, and <laughs> I believe Florida.
2: It would be cool if you could tie in two of the big stories of 2020 and make them. Only if Joe Exotic was using murder <laughs> hornets to give the vaccine could you tie all the stories better together.
1: <laughs> what they do is they fill the murder hornets with the vaccine then just send them out swarms of them
3: oh that's a great idea there's your
1: last mile problem Jack. yeah this <laughs> problem is you're not thinking out of the box it's not precise but it scales really well the old, box
2: of sanity old people open your windows <laughs> sleep with your windows open so the murder hornets can come in well, at night they're vaccination hornets now
0: they've reformed armstrong and getty